Shall we begin? Let's begin now. This episode of No Accounting for Taste is sponsored by Intuit QuickBooks. It's great to have such a well-established and thought-leading sponsor on board for the podcast. Just like we deliver everything you need from accounting news, QuickBooks has everything you need for your accounting software. For more information, go to quickbooks.intuit.com forward slash accountants. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Accounting for Taste, the podcast for accountants from accountingweb.co.uk. I'm Tom Herbert, editor of the site, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking uh, naughty accountants, online reputation, and compliance, and we'll do so in the company of our expert panel today. So, welcoming our practice correspondent, Richard Hattersley. Hi, Dickie. Hi, Tom, and um, thanks for introducing me as the uh, part of the expert panel. <laughs> yeah, indeed, and uh, making a triumphant return to the podcast, it's our portfolio finance director, Mike Copping. Hi, Hello, Mike. Tom. Hi, thanks again for having me back so soon. Oh, indeed, oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Um, thank you also to QuickBooks for supporting this podcast, um, and this is podcast number 28, so... Um, you know, usually I, I sort of have a little rundown of um, you know the the meanings of the number and things. I've I've slipped in a little uh, slipped in a little false one here. I don't Ooh. know if you'll be able to spot it. So uh, yeah, you can play along at home as well. Uh, so twenty eight is the second perfect number, um, being the sum of its divisors. So in this uh, case, one, two, four, seven, and fourteen. Um, in a standard game of dominoes, there are twenty eight tiles in a game. Uh, both the Arab and Swedish alphabets have 28 letters. Um, interestingly, the code for international direct dials, the number 28 is unassigned. Not quite sure what, what that's about, but mm-hmm. there you go. Maybe there was a country that had it and then uh, it disappeared. Maybe that was the Atlantis direct dial. Um, <laughs> there you go. So 28 was named after a famous English physicist, uh, William 28 Um uh, 28 Days was a Sandra Bullock film released back in 2000. And although 28 Days Later sounds like a sequel to that, <laughs> it really isn't. Uh, well, imagine if it was a sequel <laughs> <yeah>. to that. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is a zombie. Yeah. Um, yeah, the melting point for butter starts at 28 degrees Celsius, apparently. Um, and the curing time for concrete is classically considered 28 days. Mm. So there you go. A few, few 28 facts for you, uh, for you there. Uh, Do you think the Sandra Bullock film 28 Days was about concrete? Possibly, or butter. <laughs> or butter. Yeah, I haven't seen it, I must admit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, right, let's uh, let's keep this one churning over and uh, move straight to the headlines. Um, so the third most read story on the site this week was uh, from our tech editor, John Stockdyke, who I think he touched on this in the last podcast. He uh, talked about the, the sort of compliance... Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla battle, uh, Zero and QuickBooks within two weeks uh, of each other. They they had their conferences and QuickBooks announced an intention to move into tax and uh, Zero announced the acquisition of Instafile and their move into um, corporation tax, income tax and account production. So, um, Mike, obviously <laughs> an interesting one. Um 
the sort of shift away from using advisory as a sort of marketing tool yeah. in, in, into tax? What, what yeah, I mean, my take, I was definitely a good headline grabber from, from John, so I ended up reading the article and enjoyed it. It was, um, I think it's it's probably quite clear that both Zero and QuickBooks, they, they've got a good strategy for uh, partnering with firms of accountants mm-hmm. and this is, I see it as a next natural step really to move into some of the other softwares that these accountancy firms are using. Mm-hmm. So historically they might be using Iris or Digiter or other, other tax software. And yeah, zero, I hadn't heard of, uh, the zero acquisition until you, you yeah. told me about it. But, um, yeah, it just makes natural sense really. They've already got the accountancy market that are big fans of, of both products and, you know, to, to add on these softwares. Just makes it easier for accountants to get their work done, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, very interesting. Good stuff. Thanks, Mike. Mm. So, the second most read story on the site, uh, number two. So, this was uh, an ICAW disciplinary uh, about a partner and accountancy firm who was branded extremely irresponsible for filing a client's five million pound tax return without the the requisite tax legislation knowledge. One uh, one that you wrote, uh, Richard. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what was interesting about this one is that she made the mistake in the 2010-2011 tax return. HMRC investigation uncovered these errors and then they revised the tax calculations. She then filed the same client's tax return for the 2013-14 tax return and made uh, similar claims and reliefs for that one. Uh, which HMSC uh, rejected yet again. But because they flagged up two mis- same mistakes, same person, they then complained to ICAW about this. And uh, what Chris Cope, who usually adds his uh, expert commentary on our disciplinaries, noted was that this was somewhat unprecedented because um, HMSC doesn't really report these matters yeah i'd never never heard of them doing that you know it's typically it'd be the customer that would or the client that would report them you know the, the accountant to mm. the governing body and um yeah in this case hmrc have done it and it was listened to so mm. that is that is uncharted territory and uh, an interesting one for, for all of us to be aware of <laughs> indeed yes yes so yeah yes, I don't know if you filed too many five million pound uh, tax claims. Mike. My, I've not, never done one myself. <laughs> um, I'm still still aiming for it. But to be honest, I think you know if if I had one of those, I probably would pass it on to somebody hmm. that is suitably qualified for that. And you know, in this day and age, there's so much information out there. There's there's so many networks that if you are out of your depth, I think there's plenty of resource hmm. to look at asking for help and and doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, last week, the most read story on the site was around a first-tier tribunal, a VAT case, a promo international. So this was a decision in the first-tier tax tribunal, and the court found that an experienced accountant from the company had made the decision to leave three sales invoices off of that return found that was a deliberate error that attracted higher penalties obviously there, there, there's the distinction between uh, a sort of deliberate error and one that's not yeah. so uh, yeah, yeah. Um, this was found in a VAT inspection which uh, I guess made things even worse Mike yeah I think if had the company well, I mean we don't know the full motives behind um, why they made the decision to do what they do but I think had the company fessed up and, and said look we've made this mistake um, and 
declared it that way. I think possibly the taxman might have been a bit more lenient on them. Mm. But um, yeah, you know, it's 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 never a good thing to see, and um, they're obviously going to have to pay the price. No, absolutely. Mm. So they're they're sort of cancelled cancelled the invoices because they didn't want to sort of. Add, I, I don't know. They would say we 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 didn't uncover the. Yeah, it looks it, it yeah. looks like they essentially wanted to lower their VAT bill in that particular mm. quarter. So they've taken some sales out mm. or credited some sales, and therefore naturally that would lower how much you're paying over to HMRC. Mm. Um, yeah, not not ideal. No, no, indeed. Uh, Neil Neil also included a, a, a little quiz along with this article. <laughs> so, uh, uh, when does a sales invoice become a valid legal document? So we've got uh, a when it was raised by the supplier. B when the information is entered onto the customer's computer system. C when it is issued to the customer. Or D when the goods and services shown have been delivered. And received Ooh. by a satisfied customer. So, uh, yeah, you can, you can find the answer to that question, um, on the article itself, uh, which is details are in the show notes to this podcast. Can or- we phone a friend? <laughs> and can I have Neil's phone number? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, we'll move on to the discussion section. Um, so. Uh, the sort of stars align for you this week, Richard. Um, you know. Well, I don't know if it was sheer coincidence or just clever editorial planning. I'd like to think it was the latter, but I don't know. So, yes, you had uh, an article uh, from our friend Simon over at Careers in Audit on accountants' online reputation and what you should and shouldn't be doing. And in the same week, we had an ACCA disciplinary... Speaking of which... Yeah. <laughs> about an accountant who'd been uh, posting a variety of things on, on, on Facebook. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so first, maybe it's uh, worth reviewing this uh, story, which was published this week on the site, where uh, this accountant, uh, he, he was uh, posting on Facebook... Um, what he did post was uh, described as sexist, racist, and homophobic. Um, and this was all on Facebook that he was posting this. And um, mm. what what this um, what this means, it, it, it sort of coincides with this Simon Wright piece where he talked about your online reputation. And although some stuff which you post, you might think you're posting privately mm. and... Um, no one else could be able to uh, see. He did mention, and it's important to remember that um, much of what you think might be private can be made public, and uh, more close friends and family may be able to may see this. You never know who else is seeing what you're posting, mm. and uh, maybe fine if you're trying to promote something positive. But um, in in this case, I don't think the accountant was trying to post anything positive for that part. But what was also quite interesting about this post and something which, when it comes to online reputation, many people do is sort of posting about some of the great stuff that you do and uh, how you help clients. And what this particular client did was that he posted about how he helped uh, a newly retired gentleman um, and how what he had done had helped this uh, guy who wasn't sleeping or eating out of worry uh, due to, quote, HMRC inefficiency. And this sort of opens up a question, I guess, about where is the right place to brag about what you're doing? Is it okay to promote what you're doing? Mm. And how specific can you be about what you're actually doing? 
Yeah, I'm not convinced that. Uh, <clears throat> I I think he wasn't. He didn't end up being reprimanded uh, no. by by the ACCA in this case for writing about uh, that particular mm-hmm. client. But I mean, I I guess that I mean that would put a lot of firms who have testimonials yeah. on their site, for example. Yeah, I mean they did a- they did mention um, I can't remember the exact wording, but they mentioned something about confidentiality and and mm-hmm. client confidentiality and on the face of what you've said there there's there's nothing that identifies the client in in particular you know he's talking about a frustration with hmrc which i'm sure all of the listeners have had at some stage mm-hmm. and you know that is important to talk about uh, but yeah how we draw the exact lines as to what we can and can't say mm-hmm. is is important really um on the whole though when it comes to online reputation it is an important lesson to uh to uh Make sure you're aware of what you're posting, and um, I think you just got to think twice, really, haven't yeah. you? You know, it would would you sh- would your grandmother read that and and find that acceptable? Um, yeah. I suppose, um, yeah. This sort of opens up a whole new area, though, when uh, people who lead countries use Twitter as a, as a form of posting <laughs> yeah. stuff, and yeah. not naming any names, but <laughs> Tom's um, chuckling. <laughs> but when but when that happens. Does this trickle down to everyone else and opens up of, well, if, if someone could be a little bit more forthright with their views, perhaps yeah. I can be uh, forthright yeah. with uh, my own political views. Yeah. Mm. Do any of the institutes actually publish any guidance on this? You know, obviously ACCA in this particular case were the, were the licensing body, but there must be other you know, other views from ICAW and the like. Certainly conferences I've been to... Um, from both ICAW and, and ACCA have uh, speakers who have talked about this in the mm. past. I'm not aware of any specific um, guidance that, that that is available, but as I say, I think it's uh, uh, do do get in touch if you uh, <laughs> if, useful if this to stuff read, exists. I think, wouldn't yeah. it? Particularly, this is quite a new case, I think, um, mm. and the ACCA commenting specifically on the the, the mm. more generic comment obviously the the beginning part of the article is is a completely separate mm. separate mm. thing but no indeed mm. absolutely so um i think i think mike mentioned there the uh, frustration with hmrc uh one thing i wrote about this week was uh, around the the a lords committee so this is the uh, economic affairs committee who generally uh, examined two aspects of each year's finance bill. Uh, the first first one was around making tax digital, and the second was around HMRC's powers. So over the last seven or eight years, HMRC have been given increased powers to tackle uh, perceived uh, tax avoidance, um, and uh, in, in particular, a controversial area around the 2019 loan charge. So we had, uh, I think, Finance Bill 2017 brought in... Um, Measures around this that I think I think the Rangers tax case triggered triggered this um, around uh, certain certain loan arrangements that uh, perhaps the loans might not be uh, necessarily paid back all the time. But uh, yeah, there there are a lot of different arrangements like that, and it's uh, affected. I, I think according to the Lords, um, it's affected a, had a lot of um, unintentional. Um, uh, effects, as as it were, they they included a case study in their report um, on a a social worker who I think was made redundant on the Friday, 
went um, went back in as a contractor for five years, uh, then was employed again by the county council. Um, and uh, this was uncovered by HMRC, and she land she was landed with a bill that was equivalent to I think a year and a half's worth of salary. Um, so yeah, so it uh, I, I spoke with the committee chair Lord Forsyth on Monday, and um, he he was at pains to uh, point out that although the entire report um, did attack um, HMRC for. Uh, their, their sort of uh, what was perceived as um, using these powers um, in a sort of uh, uh, quite aggressive manner. Um, he, he was quite at pains to point out that, that they were going after the government for A, cutting HMRC staff, uh, B, um, giving them uh, ever-increasing revenue targets, and uh, C, hoisting uh, sort of new legislation upon them. Um, so it's 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 quite a mix. It's a very, it's a very strongly worded report. Uh, certainly, Lord Forsyth uh, labelled the loan charges as unfair and pernicious to me uh, to me on the phone. So yeah, the retrospective nature of them. I'm not a full expert on this, but the mm. the retrospective nature I think was something that particularly concerned a lot of people. Mm. So I, I can't remember how many years, but they were able to go back. So it's twenty quite, years. Yeah, quite a lot. Mm. You know, longer than they perhaps normally would. Um, to pursue these things and uh, yeah 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 no indeed and uh, this is something it, it's a story that's crossed over into the mainstream media I think it was on the front page of the Telegraph yesterday oh, okay. uh, so it's it's certainly something that I mean HMRC is is a subject that does tend to tend to wind a, mm. a, a lot of sort of um, uh, people who aren't in the in the finance profession up so uh, yeah it's, it'll be interesting to see one one aspect that the committee were hopping mad about was the the minister responsible for HMRC, Mel Stride, his refusal to appear in front of the committee. They asked right. him. Oh, they okay. asked him three times. Uh, apparently, I think the first one he said he was busy with the budget, so they delayed. Right. Um, and, and, and the second and third times they asked, he he cited precedents and said, "Well, no one's ever." asked a minister to appear before this committee before, so why should I now? And I, I think Lord Forthyth was arguing that the reason they were asking him to appear was that in the past they could get an HMRC official to answer their questions, whereas actually this was government policy, policy. that was affecting the yeah. rather than and they're answerable for that, aren't they? Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that minister is going to get some... Yeah. Some bad press for that. No, indeed. And uh, it's only worth it for the the subheading used in the article. Don't hide the strife. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly enjoyed oh, that one. Sorry about that. Yeah, just too too good to uh, yeah too good to miss that one. But uh, yeah, I think the <laughs> the recommendations that the Lords Committee made were for greater oversight of HMRC. So I think it's the the adjudicators' office who. Uh, um, I, I, I think are, are sort of responsible for making recommendations, but I, I think they're um, relatively toothless in terms of being able to change things. Um, so I, I think they recommended a, a, a complete overhaul of um, of sort of tax policy, which yeah, again is uh, mm. no no small job considering everything else <laughs> that's going yeah. on at the moment. So, was there any mention of the? 
the powers that were assigned uh, a couple of years ago to access bank accounts of taxpayers was there any was that covered by this or yeah there were two there were two so that's something particularly um, more more so than the loan charge that mm. it affects a wider well, it affects everybody really in a way and um, it's yeah. quite a scary thought no they 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 as well as looking back at the the, the retrospective nature of the loan charge they they look forward to i think two measures in the the current finance bill going through parliament one of which was the ability to uh, access taxpayers bank records without going through tax tribunal which yeah. i think is 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 worrying it's very scary mm-hmm. um and also uh the uh, i think they they were increasing the time limits uh for offshore matters uh, oh, okay. investigations so uh i think instead of Four or twelve years for sort of deliberate. I, I may, uh, I may or may not have got that right, but uh, they they put it back to sort of twenty. No, hold on. They yeah, they put it be from four years to twelve years. Twelve so they, years. They triple so they the time. It. Wow. Um, yeah. But I think more worryingly, it offshore matters involved. Um, Owning shares in an American listed company, for example, or owning an overseas property. So, right. uh, taxpayers would have to keep a record of, um, everything going back 12 years, yeah. which again is, uh, I, I think that they, the worry was that, that, um, people would have incomplete records mm. or not be aware it's of it. It's a long this. time, isn't it? A lot can yeah. happen in 12 years. No. So, indeed. Mm. So, uh, yeah, indeed. Well, Speaking of time, I'm afraid we've run out of it today. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Mike. Thank you no for coming problem. in. Thanks for having me, as always. And thank you to Richard. Thanks all. Thanks all. Thank you very much to QuickBooks and to producer Balme. Uh, and thank you for listening right to the end for everything on accountancy. We're accountingweb.co.uk. Bye for now. Thank you to Intuit QuickBooks for sponsoring this podcast. For more information go to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash delightful. If you like this podcast, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or your podcast app of choice.